In this episode, we interview Decodabilities, a nonprofit organization that has been providing services to persons with disabilities for over 50 years, with a vision of community that actively includes people of all abilities. Uh, well, thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Today we have Jennifer Hazing, who is the Director of Development at Decodabilities. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today. Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Alrighty. So per usual, what is the mission of Decodabilities? Let's start there. Yeah, the mission of Decodabilities is working together. We create meaningful lives and opportunities for people with disabilities. All right, boom. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yes. That's it. So you're newer to the organization. What inspired you? What led you to want to be a part of Decodabilities? Yeah. So I know we're going to get into me a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a small town, Marcus, Iowa, a town of about a thousand. All right. And in a town of a thousand, you know everyone and you know their story, right? Uh, so when I learned there was an opportunity to be a part of the team at Decodabilities, I was really excited because I thought of a few people from my hometown who were uh, supported by organizations similar to Decodabilities yeah. uh, in Western Iowa. And one was uh, the aunt of a really good friend of mine. So it uh, strikes at your heart, this kind of work a lot. Uh, and there's other elements that are appealing to me, like social responsibility and making a difference in someone's life, solving problems. Um, so it's been a great opportunity to join the team and lend my skills to the effort. Ready. And are you new then to moving to Sioux Falls? So I've lived here five years, okay, yeah. um, which by Sioux Falls standards, I think is still fairly new. I mean, you <laughs> meet a lot of people or you will today uh, around town, folks who were born and raised here. So I grew up about 100 miles from here, um, relocated here with my family five years ago for a job opportunity with another nonprofit. Alrighty. So as much as you can speak to it, what is the history of Decodabilities? Yeah, so Decodabilities was founded in the 60s. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, there was a focus on cerebral palsy. Um, today, we serve about 136 clients. We support these people with residential services, with nursing support, with day services, and what we consider alternative services. Um, so there's kind of a big evolution from yeah, the 60s yeah. to today, right? If you think back to the 1960s, and even we've just celebrated 30 years of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Mm -hmm. So in the 1960s, there were not the same opportunities provided for people with disabilities in South Dakota and elsewhere. So organizations like Decodabilities were founded to provide opportunities. Um, and over the course of time, you know, more public-private partnership has developed. Different supports are now in place to support people with disabilities. So founded as a, a program uh, that has evolved into a, a lot of ways we support people in their day-to-day -day life. All righty. So one of our tenants is education. Um, and so I try to put myself in the shoes of people that might have questions throughout this, this interview. Um, so some probably basic questions um, founded on cerebral palsy. What is cerebral palsy? Cerebral palsy is, is a disability um, that affects um, people in different ways. It yeah. affects your motor skills. Um, a, lot, a lot of the people we're serving today have cerebral palsy or, or spina bifida, which is a, a birth defect. Uh, although we serve a lot of individuals with a lot of different needs. So it's yeah. really hard to paint with a broad brush. But right. I can say definitively, about 80% of the people we support use wheelchairs. Um, the majority are nonverbal. Uh, so there's a lot of you know communications devices and, and ways people are communicating in the course of the day. All right. Another question. Uh, Americans with Disability Act. What is that and what kind of... Yeah. Okay. So ADA... Um, makes accessible spaces and opportunities for people with disabilities and all others. So mm -hmm. if you think about um, things like 
wheelchair ramps yep, yep. or, you know, buttons to open doors that support people with disabilities. Yep, you know, are, we, <laughs> right, are I, way up yeah, high. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know you're a parent. <laughs> so, you know, some of these accommodations, while designed for people with disabilities, make a difference in a lot of lives, yeah. right? So if you're moving your stroller and you can um, bump that with your elbow, that's something that's improved your life too. Yeah. Um, but ADA uh, made a lot of accommodations more available, made um, work opportunities more available to people with disabilities. So there's um, a lot of federal law guiding the way. Yeah. Um, there's just a couple examples for you. And how has how have the resources that the government has provided to people with disabilities changed over the past 50 years? Yeah, well, having not been there from the beginning, I yes, kind of yes. speak to what I yeah. can um, <laughs> from today. Uh, ADA has made a lot of opportunities accessible, um, but there's a lot of kind of sections of law that are governing um, the people we support or not governing the people but are impacting day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. um, so there have been changes to labor laws, for example. I'm probably not going to get much into uh, sub-minimum wage employment today, Class 14C from the Department of Labor, but the way people have worked in sheltered workshop settings to more community-based employment like you'd find today have been big changes. Mm -hmm. um, there have been changes to the way uh, housing support is offered. So affordable housing and accessible housing is big to the people we support. And then of course, Medicaid. Um, one of the things that sets Dakota abilities apart from the other community support providers in the community is we provide uh, pretty uh, significant nursing support to people who might need it 24 yep. seven. Um, so, you know, Medicaid is a big part of that. Yeah. And in our pre-talk before we had the camera roll, and you said one in four people in South Dakota have disabilities. One in four, one in four people, one in four adults in adults, South Dakota yes, has yes. has disabilities. Yeah. So um, obviously, the population being supported at Dakota Abilities, these are some of the most vulnerable people mm -hmm. that you would find in the state. Um, but you know, using using glasses, using a wheelchair, using a walker, using a cane, reading Braille, yeah. all of all of these are are disabilities and different abilities that you'd find in our community. All right. Um, yeah, you actually, my next question was going to be like, how do you define disabilities? So you just gave a lot of examples of it. Yeah. yeah. In, um, th there's, you know, the individuals we support, there's a lot of varying abilities. Yeah. Nice. Um, so we can have, you know, funny conversations and, and sense of humor um, with some verbal and, and people who might be ambulatory will walk into my office and say hello. Yeah. Um, others will be using a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned a lot about rights restriction. So in our in our day center, you know, you'll find people um, come up and say hello in the office when you want to, right? Yeah. You, you have the ability to go where you want to and it um, doesn't mean there's not boundaries. You know, if I'm yeah. shutting my door to do work or make a call, then yeah. that's, that's the boundary. Um, but you see a lot of variance to disability within our organization. Yeah. Yeah. And now the organization title is Decode Abilities with a capital, capital A. a. You yes. Got it. Yeah. So speak to that. Yeah. Sure. So um, in the 90s, the name changed to Decode Abilities. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, prior to that time, we've opened several group homes. There are now 15 here in Sioux Falls, wow. serving people from 38 communities all across Jeez. the state. These people are coming here for that, yeah. you know, that varying level of support that I mentioned. Um, we're unique among the 19 community support providers because of the level of nursing support that we're able to provide provide for people. So it's kind of our niche area. 
but you'll find a lot of differing abilities. So we have, you know, some people who need really intermittent support, um, live pretty independently in an apartment setting in the course of the day. Um, you'll find people who need that 24 seven nursing support. Um, you know, people know a lot about ventilators these days. So we have a number of people on uh, using ventilators each day and everything in between. So that's a pretty, um, vast, you know, swing of people being supported. Yeah. So you talked about the history. You talked a little bit about what you're doing now. What, um, since you mentioned you're new to the organization, how do you, how do you envision the future um, looking maybe one, three, five, ten years from now? Yeah. So there's been so much um, evolution, and I, I look forward to seeing the way community support providers mm-hmm. continue to help each person live their best life. Yep. I mean, at the heart of it, we're talking broadly about people, but these are people who are, this is, you know, the people we're supporting, it's someone's daughter, their son, mm-hmm. their sister, their brother, their cousin, their friend. Um, these are people with goals and hopes and dreams and things they want to accomplish. Uh, so my hope in the next five to 10 years would be that we find more and more ways to support people in a- achieving their goals. And we do so in a community that is increasingly inclusive. Yep. So you see more people in community-based employment um, than than you know, tucked away and out of sight. These are valuable members of the community. Um, So whether it's with day service support where people come during the day, maybe participate in an activity, um, go to the pool, uh, take a class, you know, have fun with music um, or maybe working in the community. You know, we have people working in banks and at the grocery store um, and in different jobs across the community or volunteering, you know, more, more of that uh, as we figure out more and more ways to support people individually. I think we have more opportunities as a community to include people. And you said historically there weren't as many resources provided um, for people. And so they had to travel far and, and leave their, their homes, their communities. And now, um, there's, more resources in the areas that they live in so they don't have to make that drastic change in their life, their family, uh, to move somewhere to get the resources. Right. So if you look back at the history of this in South Dakota, um, in 1899, there was a facility opened in Redfield, South Dakota, really (laughs) rural um, community. And over the course of time, um, the way we supported people first was, you know, large scale institutionalization kind of peaking in the sixties with more than a thousand people, um, in that institution that would have been, you know, one, one time it was called the home for the feeble minded. And we just don't, we don't think about people that way anymore. So we've seen that decline from, you know, a big amount of institutionalization where Mm -hmm. people would go from their home in Sioux Falls or go from their home in Rapid City or Mitchell or other rural communities in our state to be set apart from people and supported in that way. Over time, we now have 19 community support providers across the state providing these services to about 5,000 people. And my suspicion, my crystal ball, always a little fuzzy, (laughs) um, but the, you know, the way this has been sort of incrementally changing over the course of time is more and more support and independence in community-based um, support, whether it's homes or support for employment or support for alternative services, those yep. meaningful opportunities that we offer in the day for those uh, people supported who might not be a great fit for community-based employment. Mm-hmm. Um, just more of that is what I would hope is on the way. Yeah. 
And you, you keep saying CSPs, the community service providers. Is that a, like a key to your your models and organization is to, to find those partners or, or what? what yeah, are, so in, like, in what South Dakota, um, CS, those CSPs um, or community support providers are a, a group that works together um, in, in many ways and, you know, be outlined in, in state law who these providers are. Um, okay. how they how they work and, and greatly impacted by you know legislation and, and the way things fit together um, in state and federal government of course but we um, spend a lot of time yep. um, Nathan Stalling our CEO spends a lot of time working with those entities um, to find solutions to problem solve to brainstorm to think about the ways not just our clients at Dakota abilities are yeah. impacted but the way that service is happening across our state and of course national models like any like any field you know there's sort of a a local angle, a state angle, a federal angle, and you can read about disability um, with UN, for example. So there's yeah. a lot of attention to these issues, not just in our communities, but all across the world. Yeah. And um, I, I think the, the move towards more community-based support and services is kind of getting rid, rid of a lot of the stigmas with people that have disabilities that I feel like have historically been around. Um, is, is, is the more you're around it, the more you see it, the more it's normalized instead of like out of sight, out of mind. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of that. You know, that's exactly the idea behind these community support or community service organizations is that these are people who yeah. live in our community. At the end of the day, these are people. Um, and that's evidence, you know, the more volunteers come into our facility or the more um, we have time to, to get to know people, the more we learn, the more we understand. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, a great example would be, you know, in getting to know a few people, um, understanding what's coming up with the holidays. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah. You're going to go see your sister. Tell me about your sister. Yeah. Tell me about your dog. Yeah. Tell me about your favorite vacation. Um, these are, are individuals who have uh, hopes and dreams, as we all do. Um, and we get to be a part of, of helping people live their best life. All right. Well, for listeners that are inspired by this story, what, how can people get engaged and what type of engagement do you look for? Yeah, well, of course, like any, any nonprofit organization, you know, the, the dollars and cents of it are always a big part of things. Um, so our meaningful day services, I mean, we've talked kind of in broad terms a little yeah. bit about things that we do. Um, but some of the things we, we do to support the people um, we're working with at Dakota Abilities are we have a lot of activities that will come into our day center. Mm -hmm. um, we have about 125 people will come to the day center in the day. It's in a beautiful um, architectural gem at yeah. Longfellow Center in Sioux Falls. This was a public school built in Sioux Falls in 1915. Oh, wow. Um, and, it, and about... Um, Six or seven years ago, Dakota Abilities had the opportunity to purchase and renovate this building to make it appropriate for day service. Yeah. So folks will come from our um, residential, from our group homes, or maybe from you know their home if they're living with a parent, mm -hmm. come to the day center. And then there's different activities and opportunities that we offer there, kind of our home base during the day. Yeah. So um, we have great partnerships with the South Dakota Symphony, and the symphony will bring a quartet to play music and kind of provide that experience. We have a really cool partnership with the Black Hills Playhouse. Mm -hmm. um, and on December 15th, 17th, December 17th, we'll have a play called North Pole Has Talent. Uh -huh. um, so we have people That's practicing cool for the play. Isn't it yeah, cool? Yeah. Yeah. It should be really fun. Um, so there's a, 
I say all this because there's ways for people to get involved. Mm -hmm. Volunteering, um, donating time and money, um, donating things like puzzles or or games, activities that people would find fulfilling in in the course of the day. So... If I had to give a quick answer, I guess it would be donating time, talent, and treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Time, talent, and treasure. That's a good one. I've heard that before, and I wanted to write it down, so I got to remember that. There you go. Oh, man. Well, great. Um, and, of course, social media, you have websites, all that fun stuff. Yeah, you yeah. can check it out at dakotabilities.org. Um, Facebook is kind of a great place if you want to kind of see the stories or yep. see what's happening day to day. I got to share a photo yesterday. We had a group. Um, so I mentioned Longfellow you know, activities at the center. Yep. We also are out in the community a lot, which is really important in terms of, you know, being in the community, being visible, providing these opportunities and helping our community understand too, here's people just like you and me who have things they love to do. Um, So we were at the gym the other day. We went to the boot camp gym and we had people doing circuit workout. Yeah. So one of the hard, it was, I, I was working out in a cashmere sweater. It turns out that was not the right apparel to choose, but I got to show this photo of, of um, a couple of people supportive flexing their muscles. I had yeah. a fun conversation yesterday. Um, someone asked me, are you a little stiff from that workout? Yeah. Um, and from the workout then I, you know, getting a, a sense of, of what we're doing in the community, how we're involved. Um, we had a group also at the pool that day at our beautiful Midco Aquatic Center in Sioux Falls. So I mean, just a couple of examples of ways people are out and about in the community. Wow. Well, is there anything you want to leave us with or anything that we missed that you wanted to make sure to bring up before we wrap it up here? No, just, yeah. just, um, well, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Yeah. You know, one of the cool things that I've learned in like, in being a part of this organization is, um, we have the opportunity to include people yep. and to, to listen for understanding. And when we ask questions to truly care about the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm walking through the center to get to my office each day, um, it's really important to ask, you know, how are you doing today? And then wait for the answer. It might take a minute to get it, um, whether it's you or me or, or a person supported at Dakota Abilities, but recognizing um, that we all have something to offer, uh, that we all have things in our life that we want to achieve, or things we want to do, um, and to be a part of supporting one another uh, to lift each other up and to be the best community we possibly can be. I think that's kind of the ultimate mission of Dakota Abilities. Oh, awesome. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today and, and coming on site to the studio. Yeah. We look forward to sharing the work and the story that you're doing. And of course, wish you good luck in, in all the endeavors and the growth of the organization. Thank you very much. All Appreciate right. it. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you know of a great organization or individual leaving a positive impact, we'd love to tell their story. Check us out and contact us at gtzp.org. Don't forget, for more stories like this, you could also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Instagram followers are link trees in the bio. And for podcast listeners, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening and see you again soon.